Hello, I'm Olivia Swanson with New Chapter Coaching, and this is Emerging Stronger Together. Emerging Stronger Together is a four-part multimedia series for those who want to improve their nonprofit organizations in the areas of HR, operations, IDE and implicit bias, and fundraising. Each week we have a new chapter coaching strategic partner share their expertise and insights and actionable strategies to help you, nonprofit organizations, leaders, board members, and staff improve their organizations in our community and beyond. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast app to catch all of the series and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all things New Chapter Coaching. And with me today, we have AJ Bachelman, New Chapter Coaching strategic partner in the area of nonprofit um, operations. Hi, AJ. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on. Uh, and thank you to New Chapter Coaching for the opportunity. Absolutely. We're so thankful to have you. As I said, AJ is our expert in nonprofit operations. So AJ, what advice do you have for nonprofits to be resilient and to respond to their environment quickly as it relates to nonprofit um, operations? So probably one of the biggest pieces that I, I've noticed is organizations simply don't have uh, succession plans in place. Yeah. Uh, according to a 2017 report from BoardSource, which was a survey of board practices, only 27% of organizations have a succession plan in place. Wow. This is on top of things that uh, you have roughly 20% turnover in your executive leadership of organizations. Uh, and the average time to actually bring on a new ED is roughly between six to 10 months. So if you think about all those different factors, um, having a strong plan in place is incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. What do you recommend for um, all those organizations who don't have a succession plan in place? How can they get started? So some of the most important things is, is having an incredibly difficult conversation, both with yourself as a leader within an organization and with your board. It starts with a very honest breakdown of what are your abilities, the skills, and the limits of those abilities. Uh, I think sometimes that is the greatest challenge to organizations is because they don't want to acknowledge perhaps where their failings or where they're where they do really succeed because we have a culture of not necessarily uh, blowing our own horn at times. Uh, but I think an honest discussion within the organization of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, that's standard analysis, can help then guide how you build a succession plan. And I think that um, one critical component to that is taking a look at what are the current and anticipated challenges, say over the next year, three years, five years, and how are you going to build in an actual plan and a, and a forethought to how you're going to navigate those pieces internally. Uh, a succession plan should include working with your key board members, your, your senior level staff, and perhaps other agents that are strong partners, perhaps even maybe volunteers because they, they may play a critical role in that you're a small to mid-sized organization. Uh, one of the most incredible things that are the most difficult things I think is um, really having an honest conversation around what happens if, if let's be proactive here and say that you win the lottery and you get a call in rich. Yes. You know, we all dream of that, right? <laughs> that, that's the opportunity, right? That's, what, that's why that 
the mega millions jackpot gets so high every few months. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I happen to call in rich, what happens to the, the job that I've been doing as executive director or uh, your other senior leadership roles? Like, how are you planning in advance for an untimely departure of someone? One of the things I think that is most difficult for organizations is when you do have an abrupt change in leadership, um, an untimely change, you know, which is, it's never convenient for those things to happen. But do you have a short-term plan in place? And that short-term plan it, it involves communication. Who is going to actually manage those day-to-day -day roles? How is that divided amongst current leadership? In very much a short-term window, uh, mm -hmm. because then oftentimes an organization will need to identify an interim person while they do that search over the next six to 10 months to find that executive director or other key leadership role. And so having someone internally is great, especially from the staff perspective, because I think one mistake that organizations oftentimes do is appoint a board member into those roles. And it changes dynamics because the board role and your staff role are very different. Yeah. And I think that we've all seen some of those challenges happen for organizations. It seems like an easy fix, but it's an unintentional challenge. I think one of the other strong things is that um, when you're looking at succession plans, when they're well-crafted, I think that those also lead into an opportunity for leadership development. Um, you know, it gives employees that chance to see what their path within an organization is, what their career goals could be. And, and ultimately, every time that someone starts at a new organization or a new job, they always think, what, how do I view myself here? Uh, and if the organization is not meeting those needs for someone, and I think a, a succession plan can help build those dynamics within an organization, it really creates this, this sense, this resiliency within an organization that you can respond to those challenges that are abrupt and quick. Yeah, that's such a great point. Thank you, AJ. So how can, during those abrupt and difficult times, how can we provide support to an organization during a transition? So here's an, another area where I think that organizations can be extremely flexible in how they handle different things. It, it involves, do you have a standard operating procedure? Do you have an operations manual that tracks all those critical systems? You know, a small to mid-sized organization likely has between 20 to 50 different systems that they have to access just for basic operations. Everything from a secretary of state's website login to um, your operational or the, the donor management systems, your yeah. email systems, you know, how you're communicating with different partners. So all those systems, if you're not documenting that and you do have an abrupt change, that's, that's really difficult. Um, it starts with a review of your systems. So like your major operations, financial, donor management, who has access to those systems? How are they cross-trained for those systems? Because I think that that's also important so that you're not necessarily having a single person out there being the sole person who manages a component. You know, at least having someone in the sidelines who is accessing information or able to access information uh, and do entry information, data management, different pieces along those lines. It's also a great way to kind of do some cross-training and, and start looking at career development opportunities for other staff within the organization. One of the things too, though, I think is incredibly important is also recognizing knowing your limits. Um, because one of the things that uh, oftentimes organizations 
have is a cycle to their events or other significant time sensitive windows throughout the course of a year. And if you don't have systems in place to document how an event takes place, who manages what portions of the event, or perhaps significant um, cycles either with membership or perhaps enrollment if you're a healthcare type organization, if you don't have systems in place to necessarily manage and navigate those environments, it can make it very difficult for whoever has to come in behind you or again in an abrupt situation where you have some leadership change. Yeah, wow, those are such great points and such great tips, I think, to how we can prepare for these situations and transitions can be so, um, they can be detrimental, they can have negative effects on an organization and it can also provide opportunities and be a great opportunity for an organization to grow. And so I love those tips. Thank you. One thing that you mentioned, AJ, was um, developing um, other members of the team, other talent. So what recommendations do you have for developing those next leaders, those leaders of tomorrow? So one of the things I think is incredibly important is, and, it, and this is very difficult to do within an organization, um, especially when you have your attention pulled in so many different ways, uh, especially when you talk about your budgets. Mm -hmm. um, financially, it's always difficult. I've never met an organization that did not wish their budget wasn't bigger. But I think there are some things that you build into an organization that are incredibly important. I've always found that having a reserve set aside a small amount for staff development is incredibly important. Because one of the things that you, again, to reiterate what I had said earlier, when a new employee starts at an organization, they're literally thinking about how they envision themselves with your nonprofit. And what does that look like for them in the long run? And so are they being developed? How are you cross-training individuals? Uh, sometimes it's, it's also pushing people to take on roles and responsibilities that perhaps they're more reluctant to do. Um, but they perhaps is, it is necessary for them to kind of rise up to the next level within an organization. Um, one of the other things I know when you talk about the budget is that oftentimes those budgets are just, just simply non-existent for so many things with the organizations. And uh, again, another thing I haven't very, met very many not-for-profit individuals who are completely satisfied with the salary level. So I do believe that salaries are important within an organization to be commensurate with your market. But I think oftentimes organizations don't necessarily look at their PTO, their paid time off policies. Um, some of the great organizations I've seen around Missouri actually provide some pretty generous policies and allow for some time off at times when there are lows in the schedule, when the, the when attention and demand is not as high. So that way, you know, perhaps if they're not necessarily making the best of salaries, they have an opportunity to at least uh, still have some time off, spend it with families or vacations, whatever is important to them. Uh, and I think ultimately, if you're building some staff uh, development and giving people a roadmap to how they're actually going to grow within an organization, naturally, that is a part of a succession plan. You're wanting to build those people into the organization, and you've put a lot of time and management into recruiting those individuals give them a chance to see themselves grow within the organization. Yeah, thank you, AJ. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's so important and a key element of an effective succession plan and of a resilient organization. 
I know it's been clear to those listening about your expertise and insights on nonprofit operations. So in addition to what you've shared today, what would a nonprofit organization get? What, would, what benefits would they get if they were to hire you? What would that look like? So one of the key services that I provide is interim executive director roles. Uh, oftentimes, as we discussed just today, organizations find themselves without someone in their executive director suite um, abruptly. And so stepping in to help take care of the organization in the short term while you are launching that search is a, a key component. And oftentimes, too, I found that um, interim EDs can also serve a role to help identify new efficiencies or make other suggestions operationally for, for what can be done differently as you do onboard the next executive director. Another service would be onboarding that executive director um, because I think that you know, the board's work doesn't stop whenever you actually have a new executor, executive director or other type of leadership installed in the organization. The board also needs to help onboard those individuals and creating a system and an environment uh, to where you are onboarding that ED and making sure you have those administrative plans in place uh, and clear roles of leadership and uh, planning within others for other staff and organizational leadership is uh, a service that I, I really enjoy providing for an organization. So I believe that those types of services really set them up to be successful and really set up that new ED that you've spent so long investing the time in to put in place to actually have um, a firm start to their career. Great. Thank you so much, AJ. And we're so thankful to have you with New Chapter Coaching and on our team and providing these services to nonprofit organizations. With that, I would like to remind everyone to take full advantage of our resources that we have at newchaptercoach.com. We have a comprehensive list of resources, as well as an opportunity to sign up for our free weekly newsletter, which has resources, as well as opportunities to connect with nonprofit leaders and nonprofit spotlights and news and lots more. Finally, don't forget to subscribe um, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and follow New Chapter Coaching on Facebook to stay up to date. Thank you for joining us today, AJ. As always, it's a pleasure. If you have any questions or are interested in working with AJ, please reach out to us at info at newchaptercoach.com. Once again, info at newchaptercoach.com. And stay tuned. We'll see you next week for part three of Emerging Stronger Together with strategic partner J.D. Bush, who will talk about implicit bias and diversity, equity, inclusion, and how you can help your organization in resilience in that area. Thank you all. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you.